Hello and welcome back for another episode of Time Out, the Basketball England podcast. I'm Mark Jones and it's good to be able to bring you a great guest despite a premature end to the basketball season. This week's guest is well respected in the British basketball community as stats guru Dave Owen joins us on the pod. He tells me the story behind the stats, players that have stood out to him the most and his future plans in British basketball. Dave, thanks for joining us on this week's episode of Time Out, and thanks for taking your time out to join us. I know it's been a bit of a weird couple of days as well, hasn't it? How's work gone in the last couple of days with the announcement that there won't be any basketball for a little while? Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting time for the sport and basketball in England. I think uh, most of the country, you know, no one's really quite sure what's best to do at the time, so it's just best for us to all be cautious, really. I know that obviously you're always a busy man, as I've seen in, from working with you at Basketball England and then seeing the work you do with your website. But what's it like knowing that there won't be any uh, basketball to get stats from and be looking at over the next couple of weeks? Uh, yeah, I'm not too upset about that, that aspect, <laughs> of it, to be honest. I might get a, a, that rare thing called free time if there's no stats happening. It'd be interesting. <laughs> yeah, so um, I think it might be good to start by letting the listeners just find out a bit more about your website for those who don't know. So could you just tell us a bit about Dave Owen Basketball and the, the story behind it? Yeah, sure. Um, so it all kind of started when I started getting involved in British basketball about five or six years ago and was just kind of talking to the players and the coaches around the community, trying to understand, because I was new to it, kind of what the issues were with British basketball, what was needed really. And a lot of it that was coming out was uh, that there was no history of the sport. Like you couldn't really find out information easily online about the history or even really current uh, statistics and stuff like that. And players were really keen on kind of their stats being promoted, having a platform in terms of recruitment and things like that, and just kind of player recognition. So I kind of took all that on board and just started to kind of think up a plan for someone who's very kind of data and stats orientated and had been a massive NBA fan for a number of years. It was kind of my dream to create that kind of player database element where all the players are there, the information is there, they all have a kind of profile for recruitment and just a kind of platform to show all of our great players and the hard work they put in to get these stats and the the career histories for the historical element I thought was important too. Yeah, and looking at where it is now, it's something that the basketball community, I, I know from seeing across social media really appreciate the work you do how long did it take to get up and running really properly um it was, it was certainly a long project obviously doing it in my free time and it was a very much a slow burner um obviously job one was just getting all the data you know getting all this profile information position and height etc for players then putting out all the stats trying to go back in history and get whatever i could together um and then once i had that it was all well and good having it in a spreadsheet but it was how i get it on a website um and thankfully, a good friend called Matt Andrew managed to help me out there. Uh, he, had, he had the web development skills that I severely lack um, and literally just did it free in his own time because he saw the benefit of what I was trying to do. And as a friend, he kind of really helped me out there. Well, you surely must be proud about the stage it's at now. What sort of traction are you getting these days? I know it's, it's quite a lot, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's been really um, surprising. Actually, a couple of weeks ago, I compared the traffic now to when it first launched and the traffic's actually tripled which i didn't realize and it's not something i really have time to follow too closely um but i was really surprised to see the growth of it and you know occasionally i get messages from players who you know secured a scholarship to the states and they're saying you know the coaches are going on your website you know i'm able to send them a link to my specific profile it's really being used in that sense 
Yeah, it's great, really. And I suppose it might also be good to let listeners know what you do for us at Basketball England as well, because you, you talk about not having much free time, and I know that <laughs> we're, we're, we're the reason for that. So can you just tell our listeners what it is you do for us? Yeah, for sure. So my role is titled Insight Analyst. So the way I kind of would describe it to someone who's maybe not as familiar with the sports industry is I basically take all the information and data that I can get my hands on and turn it into kind of usable advice. So I make sense of it all and and speak to the team in the various areas and kind of try and use that information to help them make better decisions for the sport going forward. Yeah, it it has been a great help to us and uh, especially myself from working with you as well. Away from the stats side of things, I suppose, you're also heavily involved in the coaching aspect of it and club basketball back home in Shrewsbury. So could you just explain a bit more what you do there? Yes, certainly. So unfortunately, this is quite a kind of, I don't have as much time as I'd like to commit to coaching. It's something I really enjoy doing and would love to do more of. Um, but we'll see with a full-time job and then what's essentially a part-time job with the website. It's, it's an hour and a half a week, essentially, is all I can fit in. Um, but the thinking behind it, I, I played in Shrewsbury at the kind of pickup level for 20-odd years. And the thing I really noticed was that a lot of players that play in whatever environment they play in, they don't really get what they need from it. So, for example, you might have you know an ex-league player who's a quality player. He wants to play quality basketball, let's say, the right way. But because of family work commitments, all he can do is play pickup and he just gets really frustrated at the, the up and down. You know, people get a little bit shot happy at times. And he wants to play structured basketball, but he maybe can't fit that in anymore. And then also you get people as an adult who want to learn the sport, you know, pick up the basics. If they turn off to a pickup session, you know, they're just going to be that guy that no one gives the ball to and they're not going to enjoy it. So I kind of came up with a concept of what I call a development club, which essentially takes those veterans, brings them in and said, look, Help me uh, as a coach to work with players and teach them the basics. And then every now and again, we'll arrange some competitive games. So you get your competitive fix, commit to it, you know, sort of every week anymore. And then it's an opportunity for adults to come in and learn the basics. You know, they come to train every week. There were me and the veterans to learn the sport and get better. And then, you know, when the games come along, you know, they have to earn their time. Is You know, that's what where the veterans get their kind of enjoyment from the game. And then as they earn minutes, they, they develop with us. So I just kind of took two groups of players that I didn't feel were getting what they wanted from the game and kind of combined them into a, in a, into a club concept that really works. Yeah, and we've spoke about this a little bit in the last week or so, haven't we, about the sort of need for those kind of clubs that you are putting on. These things must be really important, in your opinion, going forward. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, there's so many opportunities for juniors to come in and learn the game. But, you know, they can come in as a complete beginner and it's fine, but I just feel that at times... You know, as an adult, it's just expected that, oh, you would have played at school or whatever, you'll know the basics. And, you know, a lot of guys don't. And maybe they're, you know, a massive NBA fan or hopefully a BBL, NBL fan. Um, and they want to learn the sport and they don't just want to turn up to an open session and try and figure it out themselves because, you know, they need that basic coaching before they can really contribute in that scenario. I mean, it's a nice change, I suppose, for you from being there doing all the stats and then coaching. Is it hard to pinpoint a certain aspect of basketball you do enjoy the most? I think for me, I, I just have a kind of vision of the way the game should be played, I guess, as most coaches and most people do. Um, I just believe that if you're in a kind of low-level area of basketball, everyone's got to play the game. By that, I mean everyone's got to touch the ball. You know, Everyone's got to get involved and feel like they're contributing to the game. 
at the pro level, sure, you can have your stars and you can have your role players, but I think if you're turning up and you're paying to play, let's let everyone play. So let's give them the skills that they can contribute and not just insist on, you know, ball movement and keeping everyone involved. So it's kind of my kind of passion at the level I coach at. And in terms of playing, how have you took to the court in the past? What sort of player are you or what do you enjoy most about the playing side of things? Um, I'm an old and broken player. That's how I would describe <laughs> my type of player. Um, I mean, I, yeah, like I said, I'm a, I'm a low-level player. I've only ever played pickup. I've never been coached. I've played in very few games as an actual ref on the scoreboard. I just play for the love of the game and the enjoyment of it. Um, I'm a three-point shooter. You know, 20 years of experience. Like, I see the game well. Like, you know, the game comes quite easily to me at this point, just through experience and minutes logged on the court. And I, I dread the day where I have to stop playing because I still love it every chance I get to get on the court. At the start of our chat, you've mentioned how watching basketball and the NBA got you into, well, the swing of things and up to where you are now. It's all sort of led through that path. Um, is there any team in particular that you've followed or that you support to this day? Um, it's interesting because as a as a young player, it was about the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, Alan Iverson was kind of my inspiration as he came into the league just as I started picking up the sport and just kind of related to him. So always followed the 76ers for a really long time. But then as an adult, as I kind of understood the game more, I just adored the way San Antonio Spurs played under Greg Popovich. You know, that's when I talk about my kind of vision and the way basketball should be played, in my opinion, the Spurs kind of personify that. And that's what you've tried to implement into your coaching at Shrewsbury to some extent? Uh, yeah, you know, I haven't quite got Tim Duncan there to, uh, <laughs> to work with. But they just... There's just that basic concept of let's move the ball and keep everyone involved, which, you know, is the Spurs philosophy is, if I'm correct, is I'm picking the great shot over a good shot. So going back to the stats side of things, you mentioned that there's been some nice messages sent your way of how it's helped people further their career. Is there any other nice stories that have really stuck home with you that what you've been doing has really paid off? Yeah, I think I just I get odd messages now and again where I think because I'm so deep into it, I kind of really think about the actual impact of it at times. And it's certainly very rewarding and motivating to get those messages now and again where people just remind you, hey, actually, this is perhaps having an influence. It's not just me putting numbers in boxes. Are there any players in particular from you gathering these stats uh, that have stuck out for you over the years? If I'm thinking about over the whole time I follow British basketball, certainly the player that stands out both on stats, but more so the eye test is probably Joe Leadham. If I had to say one name, I think as I'm sitting there watching a player, I'm kind of ticking off the attributes and characteristics in my head that I'm seeing. And just every time I watch her, I feel like she ticks every box. I think as a player, coach, fan, that's the player that is just an inspiration for British basketball. In terms of over a long period of time, I follow probably Division One men more closely than most leagues. And the kind of standout guys over a long period of time are probably David Tintin Watts. Danny Carter and Stefan Gill, those are guys that have just done it year after year for a long time in the NBL. Chalked up the trophies, chalked up the stats, kind of done it all. You mentioned Joe Leadham there. She's set to be part of the coaching setup with one of the GB age group squads in the European Championships. How important do you think her influence could be on that squad? I think it's, I was absolutely delighted to hear that news. I think getting these players involved in coaching uh, is, could be really inspiring for the young players. You know, when you look at what she's done with her career and a young player coming into that environment and seeing her as a role model and trying to get to the level that she's been at. Um, and you see what she does as a, you know, as a teammate. You know, she's such a leader out there. She just gives you everything you'd want as a coach. So it's, it makes 
just too much sense for her to go into the coaching uh, realms. And we're just lucky that she's doing it within our kind of basketball setup as opposed to overseas. Yeah, and it was, of course, a lovely story that she'll be doing it with her sister, Jen. How important is it, do you think, that those sort of role models in the female game are able to have this influence on female basketball in this country? I think it's terrific. Um, you know, With the all-girls campaign that we've launched, we're all putting a real emphasis on female basketball. Um, it's something I'm looking to try and do more of as well on my side with my socials and website. Um, so to have you know two leaders involved, two really inspirational figures that have got you know, the, the credibility and the credentials within the game to really inspire and motivate is really important for us. You've mentioned names from the past, but this season, as we know, you do the stats for then the votes that come in for the players of the week across the leagues. Again, that free time always seems to be a bit sparse for you <laughs> with this kind of thing. But a few names tend to crop up throughout the season uh, more than once, don't they? And is there a player this season who's impressed you the most? So I've got a list for this one because I really had to think this one through. So um, I'm just going to touch on a few names in the in the various kind of levels that have jumped out. And my disclaimer here is this is based on stats. Um, I haven't necessarily seen all the games of all these players, so it is very much stats performance. Not necessarily the best player right now at that level. But I think, number one, the junior player that everyone is talking about this year is Cameron Hildreth. Uh, what he's doing at the Division One men's level is incredible. Looking back over kind of history and comparisons, I think kind of Luke Nelson stands out as the player that has, you know, kind of done what he is doing at Division One men. So if that's the kind of guy he can be modelling his game on and trying to get close to what Luke's doing right now, that would be a serious player we have on our hands for GB men in the future. And then on the female side for juniors, I think Ella Pearson, the Copleson has been a standout. Uh, another GB player with a big future. And then on senior NBL, my standouts, I'm going with Elliot Sentence. I think, you know, we all know what Sonic Gestrels have done this season. It's been an incredible season. Um, seeing Elliot doing what he's doing at that level and just this weekend in the BBL Trophy final, he was probably that best player, arguably. Uh, he's also a player who's made a, a cameo appearance at my club in Shrewsbury. So I know Elliot, uh, really pleased to see him succeeding at the level he's doing and just racking up the trophies with Solent. And then on the female side, I'm going with Harriet Wellham. Um, I think she's just been a standout year after year in senior NBL. Um, and I kind of hear about and see what she's doing on the coaching side. She's an inspirational figure within the Ipswich setup. Uh, again, a big part of the kind of role models we want for the All Girls campaign. Yeah, and those are names that have stood out throughout the season, as we've said. I suppose it makes you think that the British basketball future is very bright, isn't it? Yeah, for sure. Certainly when you look at some of the juniors that are coming through right now and have come through in recent years, we're just producing so much talent. And if I can just touch on some of the players that are overseas this season that are doing as well. Um, in the college setup, I'm looking at a guy called Jubriel Bello, who came through Barking Abbey. He's come through and had a really strong season for Montana State in Division One, And also Sean Harrison, who came through MyScope, has had a really strong season. And then in terms of overseas pros, I'm looking at Luke Nelson. I think what he's done in the Champions League this season has been terrific. And then we saw what he did for GB against Germany. The, you know, the guy can catch fire and just completely flip a game on his head. And then on the female side, obviously I've touched on Joe Leiden, but the other GB female star you have to mention is Temi Fagbenley, uh, what she's doing in, in Europe overseas this year and has done pretty much every season of her pro career is outstanding. So how much work goes into you looking at these guys abroad as well? Is it something that you really like to focus on to see how the guys are doing overseas? 
Yeah, it's, it's the one thing that's really tough. Like, there's no way I can look at it every week and kind of do a player every week or anything like that. I used to before the BE job and had a little bit more time. And uh, now I tend to, tend to check in maybe kind of every couple of months to see who the standouts are and try and give them a bit of profile on socials and just update all the stats on the website. But, I mean, you wouldn't believe how many players play over college in the college system. I think it was over 100 this season between males and females and overseas pros probably over near in 100 as well off the top of my head so it's, it's tough to keep up with um, all of them but it's just so essential because we have so much talent overseas and there's not really a lot of outlets that really uh, promote these guys and keep up with them Is there anyone that has messaged you from when they have managed to get those scholarships abroad and things like that have you been able to keep up to date with many of them have you seen any of them sort of kick on and do well for themselves Yeah obviously I track all the guys um when I, when I have the time, I try and check in with guys, particularly freshmen, just to see, you know, how they're going, because it's, it's a massive adjustment for a 19-year-old kid to go to America on their own. So I do try to check in with these guys, because obviously the stats tell one story, but you want to make sure that they're doing OK off the court as well as on the court. You made a reference to the Great Britain-Germany game. How much of a statement do you think that was from the GB squad that they were able to pull off that win in Newcastle a few weeks ago? Yeah, it's definitely what you call a statement game. I was really impressed. Um, I mean, you know, the talent level's there. We, we can all see the players we've got and the, the level that they're all playing at. But it, they just seem to really come together. You know, they were playing for each other. Mark Stewart did a terrific job coaching them. And they just looked like a really cohesive unit that were playing together. We knew what our strongest rotation was and went with it. And just everything looked good for me. And I'm hoping that kind of sets the standard for the future games, which will be tough at the level. You know, the Germans and the Frances we're competing against, but... The players we've got, we can definitely compete with them. Yeah, it was a bit of a funny week, wasn't it, with the loss in Montenegro and then the win, obviously, against Germany. Has it left you, well, that last performance, confident going into the remainder of the qualifiers? Yeah, it definitely boosts confidence for everyone, I think. Um, I did notice a FIBA article where they were kind of rating teams over the two games and they basically just said, we've got no idea, GB. How, how do we assess you over those two games? But I think we, we tend to have less prep time than some of the other countries, so... I think the first game of any campaign is tough, but you can always see a GB team come together the more they play. If you look at kind of under 20s, under 18s, whatever tournaments, but it's always difficult for the seniors if they just have two games over a short period. It's tough to get any kind of rhythm and momentum as a team, but hopefully we can keep you know the same guys together, keep the rotation together and just continue that form. Does it give you a good idea of how the future might look for Great Britain when you're looking at these younger guys that are coming up and taking in the performances from them for your website and stats and for clubs does it sort of give you an inkling as to who will be wearing that GB shirt in the future? Yeah I think um, you know I think we've had quite a change in the last couple of years where you know there's not that many kind of older veterans within the squad at the moment I think you know Dan Clark comes to mind straight away but some of the other guys from the past have kind of moved on or retired and we've got a lot of young players coming through that are kind of mid to late 20s. So it looks like we're going to have a good core moving forward. But you can certainly see, you know, the, the young players. If you see people like Jacob Brown, Carl Weasel, you know, they're, they're already around the squad um, and there's a lot more coming in behind them. We just keep producing talent. So looking a bit ahead to the future now, uh, starting with yourself personally is there anything you have in mind that you want to or is there any plans in motion for Dave Owen basketball or something you want to improve on that in the future yes um, <laughs> the absolute number one thing for me is getting the females on the website it's something that I've just kind of struggled with on a moral basis that you know I want equal 
uh, for everything for males and females in basketball. But I have, still haven't figured out how I'm going to double the amount of free time I have to cover double the players. But it's something I'm really passionate about doing. It's something I'm going to certainly start to put the work in on. And this summer is going to be a kind of big turnaround in terms of getting the data on there. I think maybe I'll just have to cut down how often I update the website if I've got double the amount of players. But it's something I just have to do just so I can kind of feel happy with what I'm doing and not feel like it's all on the men's side. So that's the big focus. Um, I'm already putting kind of data and stats together on that. So it's just going to be most of the summer we spent getting those people on the website so we can promote the female game as much as the male game, hopefully help with the recruitment side as well. Um, the other aspect that is kind of 90% done is a historical comparison element. So as you look on a player's profile, you'll be able to see their kind of career stats at, let's say, the pro level, and then it will compare their rank on each stat. So let's say Kieran Chara averaged eight rebounds as a pro. I don't know who did, I'm guessing. Then it will look at all other British guys that have played pro over a number of years, and maybe he's ranked fifth out of all pros. Um, in rebounding so it's just that kind of this is what this person did but this is how it compares to history so we can see how good is good and and how our top players compare which is something i think any other stat geeks like myself will be into some other people maybe not so much and then the next part that i'm looking for long term is some kind of video content so i think just mentioned kieran achara so a player like that who's just been such an outstanding player within british basketball and we need to make them into an icon it's the stats are good it's something we've not had in the past so we can see what they did in their career but we also need something that brings them alive as a kind of role model and an icon so some kind of video content around that whether it's the player themselves kind of giving a some stories about their career and telling their story or whether it's other people who are around them you know talking them up and speaking about you know what they contribute to the game so those are kind of things i'm looking at for the future yeah, and it all sounds very promising and I'm sure everyone else in the basketball community will appreciate the work that you have done to date and what you'll have to do to move it forward because there's so much into it for just yourself to do really, isn't it? There's yeah. a lot of work, but you know, it all comes from passion. So it's it's not work when you love what you're doing, really. And in terms of the coaching side, is there anything you're hoping to get moving forward with your club at Shrewsbury or are you just happy with how things are there for now? Yeah, I think, you know, coaching is one of those things that I'd always love to do more of, but I just can't physically take the time to kind of take it forward. So just keep the club going, keep uh, bringing some players and kind of taking those beginners and maybe helping them to get sort of local league level and continue on. And on a final note, is there any other aspects of basketball you're hoping to get an achievement in in the future? Or is it just focusing on the on the website and the coaching you're currently doing? Um, I think just in terms of my Basketball England role, my big kind of focus at the moment and some things I'm working on is just giving players a platform and a voice to influence the way the games run. So that's something I'm looking at at the moment that in, from an insight perspective, you know, the most important insight is hearing from the players themselves about, you know, what's most important to them in the game and what we need to do better. That sounds like a good note to leave things on as we're just approaching the sort of end of our time. So, Dave, thanks for joining me and taking the time out to speak to me this afternoon. Good luck with the rest of the things you have going on moving forward, both for Basketball England and with Davo in basketball. And hopefully I'll see you soon in the office. Hopefully it won't be too long before we're back up and running. Yep, I hope so. It's good to chat. Cheers. Thanks for listening to another episode of Time Out. You can now find all of our episodes on iTunes and Spotify, 
So please like, subscribe and let us know who you'd like to hear from in a future episode.